Bonjour, amigos. Welcome back to the fishbowl. I'm Bob. That's Fish B over there on the basket check. Forthcoming. What's the most damning crime ever committed by U.S. president? Plus, there's a Black Lives Matter question that's hard to talk about, but we will. And Fish B thinks he has this best impression ever. Really, Fish B? Those are, those are big words. Don't let your fishbowl write a check. Your impression can't cash. But first, if I get this right, and I think we've got a real chance here, but if I get this right, today, for the first time in the history of the podcast medium, I believe we here at the Fishbowl be the first show ever to, on three consecutive days, work in an Aaron Carter Cock reference. Wish us luck. Wish us luck. If uh, if I had to pick a name for this uh, for this podcast, uh, it's too late. It's Bob's Fishbowl now. Uh, but if I had to pick another one, I just I just call it Aaron Carter's Cock. At the rate we're going, I mean, there, there could be shirts, there could be stickers that say Fish B loves Aaron Carter's cock. Uh, also, uh, musicians, Aaron Carter's cock, in case you're curious, the perfect band name for a side project. I mean, not your main outfit, but a side project? Aaron Carter's cock is a winner. That is uh, truly poetic phrasing. And, th and then maybe, just maybe, if you're wondering, wow, Bob, what's the big dream here? Where are you going? I would like to approach whoever manufactures the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile and tell them, same basic concept, only this time, Aaron Carter's Yeah, Fish V, I know, I, I know. As, uh, as our hero David Letterman used to say, there is no off position on the genius switch. And with that, Fish B, let's, uh, let's proceed. Let's do it. Let's get to the fishbowl. What's question one, little buddy? <music> President Trump has confessed on a February 17th recording made with Bob Woodward that he was well aware of how... This is the longest question I've ever seen. That he was well aware of how deadly COVID-19 could be. Yet beyond doing nothing for weeks, nothing, he vigorously downplayed and dismissed the threat. So he wasn't doing nothing. Is this... The most damning crime ever committed by any U.S. president. Well, as a result of Trump doing less than nothing, thousands and thousands and thousands have died. Can you imagine the boss on a crowded construction site detecting a deadly carbon monoxide leak and not saying anything because they didn't want the workers to quote-unquote panic? That's what, we're, that's what we're dealing with here. And 
as awful and as evil, and I don't use that word very often, but I think it's appropriate here. Words matter. Awful and evil as that is. It's not the most heinous Trump offense of them all. No, 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 no. That offense is intentionally trying to start a civil war to remain in power. The president of the United States is actively aggravating and pursuing the start of America's second tragic civil war for the purpose of staying in power. As evil as the COVID response was, that is the most heinous crime trying to start a fucking civil war to win re-election ever committed by a U.S. president. What's next, Fishby? One and a half questions. Well, that's half more than we usually allow, but whatever. One and a half questions. Where's your Black Lives Matter bracelet? And if it's not on your wrist, where the fuck are your balls? That's a loaded question. A lot of venom there. A lot of venom in that question. Warning. You may hate this answer. You might hate it. But the truth is the truth. I got my first Black Lives Matter bracelet well over five years ago and wore it proudly and defiantly for years. Someone wanted to fight me over it once, and then I didn't take it off for two years. And after the murder of George Floyd, my heart, in solidarity, says absolutely, 100%, put that fucker back on. But my mind said no. I do live in the Pacific Northwest, a, a, a traditionally liberal bastion of these United States. But the portion of Washington State that I live in, eastern Washington, where Spokane is, uh, our culture here is much more akin to North Idaho than uh, west of uh, the mountains where you'll find Seattle and Tacoma and world-class cities like that. So I'm over here in Spokangeles, which if you've heard of, probably means you're excellent at geography or a college basketball fan, because this is where Gonzaga is. But this is where I am. And it is a, it's a conservative place. Trump won Spokane County by eight points, and there's, we have a Republican mayor, it's Republican, Republican. And as I looked at my Black Lives Matter bracelet, I, I, I genuinely feared the unfortunate and unintended consequence of making a local casual Fox News viewer have the false revelation that, holy fuck, these Black Lives Matter people really are taking over our country. Hannity and Tucker are right. What if I just, I just confirmed their paranoia that Black Lives Matter, take it over. Because seeing someone at the store in your community 
is way more impactful than seeing someone on TV. And maybe they've never voted. But now, after seeing me, they have to vote for Trump. Or worse, I've confirmed their bias and just made a racist for life. And those are the kind of things I weighed when making my decision about whether to strap back on the Black Lives Matter bracelet for solidarity. And then a couple caveats here. Um, I have a fucking podcast where I can express myself five days a week that's a thousand times more powerful than a bracelet. So, like I said, you may hate that answer. I'm scared that John Lewis is shaking his head in heaven looking down at me like, you're wrong, 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 wrong. And I might change my mind tomorrow, but as for today, truth be truth. What's next, Vision Bait? Yo, it's me, Fish B. Do you want to hear my impression? Oh, here we go. Here we go. Yo, it's me, Fish B. Do you want to hear my impression of your favorite vibrating butt plug? You know, Fish B, no, I don't, but I got a sneaky suspicion you're going to play it for everyone everywhere. Go ahead. You know, you know, you know, for someone that's uh, this obsessed with just with, with just the phrase uh, Aaron Carter's cock, I, I really can't complain about that. Um, all things considered, Vishby, not bad. Not, oh, there it is again. There, uh, there, there it goes. There's Fishby's impression of my uh, of my favorite butt plug. Uh, because there is uh, there's really no way to get to the next question that makes any sense, Fishby. Latin triangle? <laughs> Latin triangle sucks. Who's the best poet in the history of rap music? Woo, who, who's the best poet in the history of rap music? That's one of those questions where we ask 10 people and you get 10 different answers. Let me think about that for a day. Put that back in the fishbowl. For, uh, for manana, and, uh, and we'll get to it, uh, I promise. The best poet in the history of rap music. Interesting. What's next, Fishby? Who are these people that are proudly voting for four more years of Trump? Let's answer this seriously. It's become way too easy to simply dismiss Trump voters as as, as racist or conspiracy theorists or people that just aren't paying attention or, or, or worse. Most Trump voters that I talk to seem to fall into one of two categories. Either 
They believe the Democrats are fucking bonkers and have gone so far to the left, we'll all be socialists. Trump might be an asshole, but he's the best defense we have against the socialist death of America as we know and love her. Or there's a group, uh, there's a group of people that, that just despise politics. They, they fuck, they, with every ounce of their being, they despise politics. But they believe Republicans are better for business. Period. End of discussion. That's all that matters. That's most of the Trump voters that, uh, that I speak with. What's next, Fishby? Hit me. Would you rather go out to lunch with Michelle Obama... Or Oprah. This is impossible. You're asking me to choose between lunch with Michelle Obama or Oprah? I think you've just described my dream lunch. Like me, Oprah, and Michelle Obama. Oh, yeah, you can uh, you can come too. Why not? Why not? So that's uh, that's our foursome for lunch. You'll never make me pick between Michelle Obama. Or Oprah, you, you can't pick between those two. That's that's impossible, Michelle or Oprah. What's next, Fishby? What's the best insight your mentally ill self has gained from studying Buddhism? When you can't trust yourself, trust Aaron Carter's cock. <laughs> Boom! There it is. There it is. We got it in. How uh, get down with their bad selves. Um, now I, for those that have followed the show for a while, I I study Buddhism, but I would certainly never ever consider myself to be a Buddhist. Plus, when it comes to Buddhism, what's well, nice? It's not a religion. It's philosophy, and there aren't any rules. There are some suggestions, but. Uh, uh, not just uh, uh, not just a mentally ill self, and I hate that term. We'll we'll address it in a minute. But I, I think one that could avoid a lot of trouble for all of us, sane or no, and that's this: never reply when you are angry, never make a promise when you are happy, never make a decision when you are sad. It's great fucking advice. Great fucking advice for anyone. Um, but real quick, random aside, the, the mentally ill self thing, because today is actually a World Suicide Prevention Day, uh, I'm doing my part by uh, uh, being committed to my heart beating all day long. Um, I absolutely despise the term. I've, I've really, I've know I've used it and I've, I've just grown to despise the term mental illness. I... Can, can we switch it over to brain disease? Because I think that's way more... Ah! Oh! There is, um... There's Isaiah's music. Thanks, Fishby. I guess we'll get back to the, uh... Brain disease as opposed to, uh, to mental illness. All right. Isaiah's music means we've, uh, we've reached the final question of today's Fishbowl. As always, it's brought to us by our... Excuse me, I got lost. Uh, uh, brought to us uh, by our uh, 10-year-old executive producer, Isaiah the Tiny Plant. And today, Isaiah writes, As the EP, I'm curious why you've never, 
ever, ever posted an Instagram story. You know what? Here's the truth. And I know, I know everyone else. I, I know everyone else I know. Uh, they, uh, they make Instagram stories. Here, here's the truth. I don't know how to make it. I swear to God, I don't know how to make an Instagram story. And my, uh, my hate, hate, hate relationship with social media uh, dictates that uh, I'm not going to Google that shit. How to, I, I just, sorry. So that's why I don't, uh, I don't have the time and energy. I'm too busy deciding uh, where to fit in a reference to Aaron Carter's cock or the appropriateness of, uh, of a Black Lives Matter brace. That, that's where I'm at. I can't, I, I can't, I can't be making, you know. Instagram stories. Someone is someone whose life is as serious as mine. Can't be learning that shit. Uh, thank you, thank you, Isaiah. Uh, speaking of social media, sure, we're there uh, at Bob's Fishbowl or at Bob Van Dyne. Um, sometimes fun, but mostly necessary evils of this uh, podcast thing. And also Bob'sFishbowl.com. Breaking news right here. That's a website. Bob'sFishbowl.com. That's a website. Get a sticker. That's a website. Um, and now, time for uh, time for the artist formerly known as Paleta Bola de Fuego and or the finale. Kick it, fish me. Megan Kelly is not only starting a podcast, she's starting a podcast company. And at some point, the expression, the more the merrier, will cease to apply. But we're not there yet, so welcome to the podcast club, Megan, where no one will ask you to twirl. For the first time in history, a Wall Street bank has selected an actual female with a vagina and everything to be their top executive. Can I get a howl fucking lulium? Uh, her name is Jane Fraser, and she'll be running Citigroup. And a random important fact, at the end of 2019, of all the biggest American companies that comprise the S&P 500, only 31 had a woman in charge. Saturday Night Live announces they'll be back in Studio 8H for an October 3rd premiere. And does the cast have to live in a bubble? And how long will this season be? And how long does the host have to quarantine before they can actually host? And what about the house band and musical guests? And will they use a laugh track? And on what day will they announce Pete Davidson's extended leave of absence? More bad news if you're not currently in a relationship and you want to be, because apparently there's a thing called cuffing season, like handcuff cuffing season, where we're supposed to acquire fuck and chill buddies for the winter, and usually cuffing season doesn't start until November, but because the world's like ending, it's already started and the competition has never been more intense. And lastly, Holy fuck, there's another Rachel Dolezal white woman pretending to be black as a career choice. Her name is Jessica A. Krug, and until now, she was teaching African and Latin American history at the world-renowned George Washington University. And she admits now to masquerading as North African and African American with the unique flair for Bronx blackness with a Caribbean twist. Those girls are 
good looking. When in reality, she's actually a white Jew from Kansas City. But unlike Rachel Dolezal, who got caught, Krug admitted it, confessing that she's not a culture vulture, she's a culture leech. Woo! Culture leech. That's not, that's not a bad tattoo idea for Aaron Carter's cock. <laughs> ow, ow. All right, uh, Fish V and me, uh, we, uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Well, we'll attempt to successfully name uh, the best poet in the history of rap music amongst everything else that's going on in this crazy fucking world of ours. The only way this show grows is when someone like you shares it. So if you want to, do. Truth be told, we're not in charge of you. Do whatever the fuck you marijuana. Till tomorrow. Say adios, Fishbee.